Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that shares our stories of starting and running our float centers while we provide insights and tips along the way. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Art of the Float, and you can find show notes, links, pictures from every episode on artofthefloat.com. I'm Dylan. I own the float shop with Sandra in Portland, Oregon. I'm joined tonight with Amy of Float Nashville and Lance of the Float Shack in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. And I am very excited to bring on Gloria Morris of Float 60 tonight, who has uh, or is currently opening three float centers. She has one open, and she's opening two more very quickly. And uh, Gloria is, A, just a blast and just an awesome person to know, but also she is quite the businesswoman, and I'm really excited, excited to pick her brain. And I know her and Amy are friends, so that's going to be <laughs> make for some fun pod tonight. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to a few Patreon supporters. <laughs> Dan Larson was, I believe, our first supporter. Dan, thank you so much. We truly, truly appreciate it. Greg Griffin also is supporting the show. We truly, truly appreciate all the support. And our guest tonight, ironically enough, is uh, Gloria Morris has contributed to the show as well um, with a quite a quite a. Um, it, it's amazing that people are donating to the show, period. But uh, I just it just blows me away. And Gloria's um, donations is, is uh, pre- pretty amazing. We uh, are very thankful, yes. Uh, if you'd like to help support the show, visit patreon.com forward slash art of the float or click on the Patreon uh, link on the menu bar on artofthefloat.com. Um, there's no minimum. You can uh, donate as much as you like, and that just helps us keep the lights on and keeps us sounding good. So we truly appreciate that. And thank you, Dan, Greg, Gloria. Really appreciate it. Greg, I'm going to bring you up again later in this episode, actually. Uh, if anybody is interested in soundproofing, wants a better comprehension of what soundproofing is, there's so much stuff out there. Everybody wants to sell you something online, and it's really hard to understand how to actually apply this stuff. It's If it's the equipment that or tools um, that you want to actually use for your float center, whether it's flooring, walls, or ceilings, uh, or windows or doors, uh, what, what's the right stuff, and how do you figure out... Um, leaving this round table, how do you walk away knowing what you need for your soundproofing? <clears throat> That's what we're going to be diving into June 28th for the soundproofing virtual roundtable. Uh, artofthefloat.com forward slash roundtable is where you want to go to check that out. And um, yeah, again, this is a little bit of an educational one, a little bit more webinary, uh, and then um, certainly open to questions and uh, sharing from everybody else and their experiences with soundproofing as well. Because uh, soundproofing, your contractor says something is soundproofed. They don't know what they're talking about unless they are also a co-owner of the float center. They they don't have, they don't understand it. And so this is going to help you talk to them, help them understand and um, do the research on your own to, to understand things better as well. <clears throat> also want to give a shout out to Float Away. Float Away started in the UK in 1999 with a Tranquility float tank. And their float tanks have only gotten bigger and better since then with the float cabin and the float around. These absolutely beautiful float tanks that if you're looking for a nice high-end float tank, Float Away is definitely where you want to go to check it out. Floataway.com is where you want to go to start looking at all the different options they offer. All right. All right. Lance, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Excellent. Chugging along, chugging along. My house is still for sale. If uh, anyone out there wants to buy it, please um, come on down to Red Deer. You can take a look, and um, nice. it can be yours. So, does, does it come with a job at the float shack? I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just asking can. for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, we can work something out. 
Especially if they have a referral from you. That's a good one. Lance, you're saving money if they're if they're renting and uh, that you're paying an uh, employee. If you're not paying them and it's coming out of their rent, you know you got something there. Yeah, (laughs) that employer tax. Not sure how it works in Canada, but I'm pretty sure you'll save some ducats. Uh, But uh, so you were not here last week. Um, I I forget exactly why that was. I know it had to do with the business and the move and all that stuff. Can you? Yeah, I'm spending um, I'm spending some time in Edmonton. working as a mechanic for a bit throughout the summer, throughout our slower time, um, just to bring in some more personal income for me. So um, I'm here with my girlfriend and doing that in Edmonton. So That's yeah, right. I was in the okay. middle of just moving things last week and life gets mm. a little busy. So Yeah, totally understood. Absolutely. Um, I'm can you explain, just because now that's refreshing my memory a little bit, um, I believe you are bringing on some extra employees. Is that right? Do you want to share a little bit of that strategy of what, what your plan is over the summer? Uh, yeah, we're just hoping to bring on a couple employees um, just to sort of run the shop. And I'm just going to um, do what I can remotely. So everything online-based, mm. communication, social media, emailing, all that stuff. Um, I can still do remotely, um, but um, my boots just won't be on the ground at the float shack. So, yeah, it's a wow, little cheaper that's very to uh, interesting. Yeah, a little cheaper to to pay employees than it is um, what I need to get by <laughs> on some of my debt and some of my bills. So, uh, yeah, just doing something a little different, seeing how this strategy works. Interesting. I'll be curious uh, what Gloria might have to say about that as somebody who yeah. is is operating from the what is it, the macro level up above. Uh, that's interesting. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Amy, welcome back. How are you doing? Thank you. I am I'm doing well. Doing really well. Enjoying uh, some, believe it or not, enjoying rainy weather here in Nashville. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, just uh, kind of keeping real busy lately, trying to get our ducks in a row. Because you know how I am about my systems and about how... <laughs> I like to review and kind of like check and make sure everything's working right. Yeah. Um, so I, I got in this tear this last week where I sat down and wrote a list of all of our systems and all the different parts of our job that uh, or our, our business that we need to have systems for and that we're running and that require different documents. And I strong arm. No, I didn't strong arm. I politely <laughs> asked. <laughs> One of our employees to sit down with me once a week and start going over every single system. And we're wow. we're doing stuff. I know. It's crazy. You don't realize how much you do and how much work goes into mm-hmm. the business until you do this. It's almost overwhelming. Uh, but we're doing things like um, making sure all the doc- all the updated documents that we use are in one place, making mm-hmm. sure all the information is still correct, um, trying to update our videos. with You know, we do a lot of training uh, for our uh, point of sale system through video. In fact, uh, Miss Gloria and I were talking about that right before we started. That, you know, doing an, an online screen uh, screencast of how you walk through booking a client and uh, canceling a membership or adding a membership. We do all that, and, and our system has gotten a little older now. So and has done some updates. So we've had to go back in and, and reshoot some videos. Uh, it is a really huge project, but um, Jessica has, oh, uh, nice. my employee, has been fantastic. I've been able to delegate so much to her. And I'm, in fact, I'm realizing how much I can delegate 
to her. And uh, nice. yeah, that's been that's been ah, glorious. That's that's the biggest thing I've heard out of everything yeah. you've said. <laughs> I know, I know. Seriously, it's um, I, I'm getting better. I'm getting better at delegating. I'm getting better at backing out of the the micro. Uh, managing, which has always been a struggle for me, but at least I recognized it and I knew when I was doing it. Uh, so yeah, so we're undertaking a big project that I hope will be done in about two months because we I can only devote one day a week to it. So about uh, six to eight hours a week. Wow. So wow. Uh, yeah. That is intensive, though. My goodness. Yeah, but it's great doing it uh, with someone and and working through it with someone. And I'm I'm reminded of how much work we've done over the last almost Yay. four years, y'all. Four years. Wow. When when is the four year? It's gonna be uh, September. Okay. Yes. We are coming up on it. It comes fast. June uh, went by like that. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Uh, so yeah, I'm super oh, super wait. excited. We're in June. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Say. Not that fast. <laughs> Not that fast. But it feels like it. Yeah, yeah, that's like right. It. it feels like it. It feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bill due June 1st. Unfortunately, I just figured it out today, my grace period. Um, so, yeah, it kind of feels like it's going too fast. I don't know what happened to June 1st. Uh, so, yeah, it's been it's been nice. It's been busy, but it's a reminder that, yeah, you do have to, and I think I'm going to put this in the calendar, probably not for one year, but maybe about a year and a half from now. I'm going to put it in the calendar. This stuff needs to be done on a regular basis, mm. and, and hopefully the next time I'll have it set up ahead of time where I'm only having to do, like, one system a month, and it's not this seriously overwhelming two-month process. Yeah. Um, it's probably right. not the best use of my money I, because I, I did put it off for so long. Um, but uh, but it needs to be done. So yes, I'm putting it on my calendar a little differently um, when we're done here It'll for all the be future. Worth it. It'll all be worth yeah. it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. How about you, Dylan? What's your week looking like? You know, one thing I wanted to mention was just uh, last week I had that huge plumbing scare and that big yes. freak out with a, a giant rous uh, amount of hair clogged in um, <laughs> one of our exit drains and. Um, I, I thought it could be, I think she, she said $22,000, like a friend had to pay, like to do some excavating and, and uh, fix a, fix that pipe. Um, obviously, and it did not end up being the case, but um, what I learned was kind of like how we've talked about, you need to clean behind your light switches and your outlets, particularly your light switches where people are touching and you don't think that they would have salt on their hands, but it, it turns out people people are freaky and for some reason they've got salt on their hands and they're touching it and that builds up and then all of a sudden a button is pushing out of your light switch and um that that actually happened just just recently i think i talked about it on the show that we had to go in there and clean it out and actually had to replace one of the buttons on a, on a light switch and uh um so the importance of the the regularity of cleaning uh that um now couples with our plumbing and i think this is kind of an interesting thing because I think in not, I mean, there are certainly float centers that are so much older than us, but I think, um, f about five, almost six years old is kind of old of this newer generation of, of float centers. And we just happen to hit this, this issue that could potentially happen to all of these new float centers that are really getting bodies in float tanks. And it's like a shower every hour and all that hair is going down the drain. Um, so we are trying out two different systems and, and I'm sure you could, if you were doing original construction, get some better things to, for hair catches and kind of like a pool system where you have access and you can clean that out. But, um, since that, that's <clears throat> not our case, um, 
we've got these things on Amazon, and I'll definitely show the, uh, throw these up on the show links page. But basically, it's like a little starfish or something that um, you put at the top of your drain, but then that has a chain link that goes down underneath the drain, and those links occasionally have these little plastic stems, and those stems catch the hair on the way down the drain. And so you just drop those into each of your drains, and... Um, they're disposable. So, at, you know, they say like, you know, every four to six months swap these out. So at the end of one month, we'll see what those things look like. And um, we'll toss those and swap them out, <clears throat> which I imagine, although it's going to be gross, will be absolutely satisfying to pull those out. Our, our uh, Emily had, had mentioned like the potential satisfaction. It's like, yeah, getting those feels so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, the other one is simply, it's a cover that you just goes on top of your current drain cover and it's designed to catch hair. And uh, so those will just have to be cleaned. And so I just want to see what catch, what catches the most amount of hair and basically what actually works best in a float center. I don't like that there's a little star on top of our drains. Like that's just, it's just a little too cheesy for me. So hopefully um, the other one works better, but hey, we'll see. I'll let you guys know at the, you know, about a month from now. And if it takes longer, it'll take longer, but I'll let you guys know. But uh, So you're saying it's above your drain. So it's, mm -hmm. it's actually not in line. Do, do you find any issues with something sticking up higher than the level of the floor? Has that been an issue at all for you? Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, we just we just tossed them in there. Just I haven't started. experienced it myself. It's right on the drain cover, and it's almost paper thin. So it's not oh, extremely high. Yeah. It's more the aesthetic of it to me. Uh -huh. um, and then the other one has a slight dimension to it. It bows up just a little bit, but it also kind of holds in place well, too, if it's put in there correctly. So I don't know. These aren't perfect fixes. And, yeah. you know, maybe there are drains that we could actually buy, you know, drain covers that are designed mm -hmm. for this instead. So maybe that's where I should be putting my attention instead of like, you know, an Amazon or Home Depot product fix. So uh, just just wanted to give a little little closure on that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a little bit more fun is that we had our gosh, it almost feels like it's now an annual thing. It used to be just every couple months, and I think we're just all so busy these days. Uh, all the float centers got together for for drinks, and uh, we didn't get Urban Float, who's up in Washington, uh, with us. I mean, she's just over the river, but we'll, we'll get her at some point. But uh, we had, um, oh my gosh, uh, Mudra Massage. We had Float On, Float Shop, and um, why can I not think of... Enzo. Uh, oh, Enzo couldn't couldn't make it actually either. Mm -hmm. uh, he was prepping for his grand opening, um, and then I want to say Soaring Dragon, but that's her massage. It's um, Float North. North. Float, Float North. Yeah. Yes. Right. So sorry about that. Uh, so we all got together and had some had some food and drink, and uh, it's it's just always a pleasure. It's always really fun. This was like the first time that we didn't just tell crazy float stories of you know, interesting customer interactions and stuff like that, which is usually what it's about. And because the owner of Mudra Massage has a kid, and now that we we brought our daughter, it was all baby talk the whole time. And uh, I felt so bad for Graham and Ash. <laughs> oh, I don't think their interest level was quite at the level of, of Jeremy and myself's. And then Dana just absolutely got along with Erica like a rock star. They've met before, but man, they were just buddies all night long. Erica, after a little bit, like wants to go back to Sandra and I. She gets a little, a little freaked out or whatever. Not with Dana, man. They went outside. They went for a little walk. We're just chilling like buddies, and it was awesome. So yeah, Dana's Dana. pretty magical. <laughs> yes, that's 
so true. Dana is yeah. magic. So uh, it was, it's just fun. And I know not everybody gets this opportunity, A, to just have that number of float centers around, um, where even when float centers don't show up, it's still a crowd. But, uh, but also just like the, the awesome relationships to be able to get together and, talk about crazy customers and, <laughs> and and crazy salt issues and damage and stuff like that. It, it is a fun and treat and it is cathartic. So yeah, that's, that, that was my highlight of the week. And um, the one thing I did want to bring up was something that we talked about in our employee meeting, uh, which was earlier today, and uh, which was the topic was based off of a comment uh, Greg Griffin posted in Floats Collective, which is, um, and, and I'm not going to read it specifically because I don't think it's super important to read it exactly but basically a woman emailed him back and said that she was uncomfortable getting a tour uh, with somebody else basically she was she was just uncomfortable um, and I think there was another man that was uh, given a tour with her and that felt like that was worth talking about with our crew. And so we, we did talk about it. And I'm curious what your guys' take is on this because like, I think about Greg, he's the only guy there. Um, I think there are only two options. One is what he's doing. Like both people go in and you do that. Or the other is the other person has to wait and that takes more time, but then they get a completely a one-on-one tour. So, um, basically just what we came down to is kind of something that we do already, which is breaking it up based on like if, if there are couples. Um, so once the person who's done, who's done cleaning while you're not giving the full intro, you'll give the tour of the room, um, that we, we kind of do naturally already, but we talked about like kind of identifying somebody who might be extremely talkative. Um, sometimes, and I hate to say it, but sometimes people there might be an individual who doesn't particularly gel <laughs> with everybody else. Um, you can take that person and take them out of the group and give them a, a tour one-on-one. And that kind of saves the ambiance and the feeling for everybody else there, which is important, you know? And you just, I think all that it takes is being present enough to recognize what the proper breakup would be um, if if there needs to be one at all. If it's four friends coming in, then they all want to be get the party tour, you know, together. So yeah. it's not like it all it has to be broken up all the time. But is this something that has come up for you guys? So it's never come up for us. I'm curious if it's come up for any, either of you, if anybody's reported this. We have never, uh, that that we know of, we haven't sure. had that issue. Um, however, I do think it's an important issue. I, I think um, it's something that Mark, uh, Mark had our staff meeting this week. I was unable to attend. Mm. I had uh, another um, I had some other business to attend to, but uh, he brought it up in the meeting, and I wish <laughs> I wish I would have talked to him about it before I <laughs> I got on here. So I know mm. it was discussed. Um, it's difficult when you're a one person yeah. center, as as you mentioned. Um, but I, I do kind of wish what uh, wish I was a fly in the wall and, and heard what my what my group said. Lance, <laughs> do y'all have any policies or anything on this? Well, we usually, um, unless they come together, like friends come together, uh, we usually give one-on-one walkthroughs. Um, if we are like extremely behind or running late or anything, we will sort of double up. Um, but I usually ask people first, like, are you comfortable hmm. with um, both coming into the room together? If not, um, I'll just be about six or seven minutes before I can bring you through. <laughs> um, but no, I have not had anyone reach out directly and say they are uncomfortable with it. But again, we always would ask before um, doing that. So uh, That's very considerate. That's cool. I like that. You just put it in their court and ask if they're comfortable. You know, one one advantage you do have, Lance, is I know that you've talked in the past about how you don't say they're 90-minute floats. Mm-hmm. You just give floats. 
Yeah, we try to restrain from putting a time limit putting on a time it for limit that reason. Yeah. yeah, and that does help in that in- instance. I can't speak tonight. Instance mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where I know for us, because we do say we give 90-minute floats, and we do let people know that their first float, uh, when they do their orientation, that might be a, cut a little bit short. However, uh, you know, in the future, that's, that's not an issue. Um, but that is something to keep in mind, and that's an inner, that's a unique way that you run your business that kind of circumvents that problem right then and there. Mm-hmm. Like, we still have our own time limits. We always want to meet. Like, we want everything to sort of as be as exact as we can, but we aren't just defining it by the minute. Like, mm-hmm. our service we offer is so much more than just that time in the tank. So um, for us, yeah, it was just something we changed about a year ago, and, yeah, we've been jiving with it. But you still see it come up, uh, especially when... <laughs> When people ask how long a float is, it's like, uh, when does the timer start? When does yeah, my 90 minutes start? We go, we go, it's roughly an hour and a half. <laughs> so I just go, that, uh, shoot, that reminded me. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I haven't talked to Sandra about that because you just just reminded me that we also changed when we launched our new website. We don't use the 90 minute anymore. It just says float. Uh, but it'll say float and 90 minute massage or float and 60 minute massage. So some people have thought that they're getting a 60 minute float and a 60 minute massage uh, or that they should be paying for that. And so that's, that has brought up some confusion with us just because we have multiple, multiple numbers of things. We do get a ton of questions coming in about it as well. How long is it? How long is it? It's usually the number one question, but sure. Um, Let's see here. So that was my week. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a it was a nice one. Aside from the allergies, I don't know if anybody can tell that my voice is a little rough tonight. I apologize. The allergies have been brutal up here in Portland. Um, but uh, let's see here. I want to bring Gloria on in just a moment. But first, I do want to give a shout out to the Float Conference, which is coming up sooner than y'all think. If you haven't gotten your tickets already, you uh, need to need to get on that. And uh, the email just came out today. I think if you're listening to this, it was two days ago to actually speak at this year's Float Conference. This is something fun that they've been doing for a couple years now, which is if you want to speak, you can sign up for that. Email them. Um, e- yeah, just email the float conference, email what you want to talk about, you know, the title of your speech and uh, people, the community, us, we will vote on what we're most interested in hearing about. So that's just such a cool way to just uh, get the community involved with that. And this year they're doing something very interesting that I just read is stand up comedy is somebody is going to get in front of this entire audience. And I think basically I they're calling it stand up comedy, but basically just telling some silly stories about float uh well, floaters, basically the, the same thing that we do at these uh, gatherings where we pound a few pints and talk about our crazy float stories. We, you get to do in front of what is it, seven hundred people. So, uh, if if you have some funny stories, or if you just think you're a good stand-up and you can, <laughs> can mix in the float part, that uh, go ahead and apply. Uh, float conference is August twelfth and thirteenth. Floatconference.com is where you want to go. And uh, again. Uh, if you're interested in speaking or delivering some grade A stand-up comedy in front of the float float conference, this this is your year. <laughs> this is your time. Uh, and of course, we'll put the link to the uh, speak at the conference or or apply for a stand-up on the uh, show notes page as well. All right, so excited, Gloria Morris, Float Sixty. Welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. 
thank you so much for joining us. I'm, I'm really interested to, I think we're all very interested to pick your brain a little bit. <laughs> um, you have, well, let's see here. You uh, opened nine months after your first float. Uh, which That's is a right. which is a very quick turnaround, and you are already working on two more float centers, and you are one year into your first business. Is that correct? Fifteen months. Yeah. Fifteen, 15 months. months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy story. Yep. I, I would love to hear that story, <laughs> Gloria. <laughs> yeah, you know, going back to uh, April of 2015, my a boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. That's how fast my world moves. Um, (laughs) We've been dating a while, don't worry. But um, (laughs) he said we were going to go to this place up in the north side of Chicago, and we were going to get in this crazy box, and they were going to lock the door and couldn't get out for an hour. And I I was like, wait, whoa, 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 what? You know, he said, you know, I think I said this at the uh, RISE conference. He was a terrible, terrible marketer. (laughs) <laughs> did not make it sound appealing at all. That's so funny. But uh, me being the adventurer, I, I tried it. And um, yeah, I, I have to say it stopped me in my tracks. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started that nice. that one day. And and you had made the switch right then to it being a potential business when no, you walked not out? Necessarily. I necessarily. Um, okay. The first thing I wanted to do is just bring one into my home. Oh, wow. Because it looks so easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice, how many, nice. How many times have we heard that? Oh yeah, I'll oh. just get one. Can can I just do this in my bathtub? Um, no, but I, you know, I knew there was obviously more to that. So I was doing my research, and uh, you know, when I found out how much they cost, I obviously thought, well, that's a very expensive toy. I'll have to mm. justify this by charging my <laughs> friends to use it, and then, uh, yeah, that's how the the research started. Thank goodness for Google, and that's where it all began. Uh, finding a that really this this was an opportunity to share it uh, as a business. And no, down and the rabbit hole you went. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, wow. Bef- before yeah. we continue on your, your float business story, do you would you mind sharing a little bit about your business background? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention that as a toddler, I grew up in a tailor shop. My Italian grandfather uh, came over from Italy, and I was born and raised in this tailor shop in the business. <laughs> so I went to work with them every day. Oh, wow. And uh, I'll never forget like those early roots of my grandmother just pounding into my head how you have to think like a business owner and everything you, you look at. You have to look at how much money does that cost. And, you know, it was really <laughs> rooted in those lessons as a toddler literally uh-huh. <laughs> so wow. um yeah so that was really the foundation of my business uh start and I dabbled with different businesses for many many years uh, mostly just non-brick and mortar businesses but you know I, I actually started a marketing company um in 2002 and left my full-time job to actually take the plunge and wow. start this business so yeah worked in various capacities since then but no, it was my my first real business was uh, Gia Marketing, which uh, those were my initials at the time, and worked with various businesses to help them with their marketing and market research. I had like a promotional mm. products division. Um, yeah, did a bunch of different things. 
So, yeah, that was the start, Dylan. She had me at market research. <laughs> yeah, And right. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you the reason why I love Miss Gloria so much. And now, actually, you mentioned Gloria and I were friends, but I didn't know. I mean, I watched her from afar, um, but I'm pretty shy. I, I, don't, I don't talk much on uh, Float Collective. Mm. Um, but I told Mark that at Rise, I saw that she was speaking. I'm like, the one person I'm going to make sure I meet is Gloria. And... Um, the reason I wanted to meet her so much is everything that she puts out there in Float Collective and on her page is she's so precise and she loves to look at numbers and mm -hmm. she she mm -hmm. makes great decisions based on uh, based on the numbers and that just she has my heart for that she's got well, a sharp mind you. we were definitely fast friends yeah as soon as <laughs> Dylan said that I'm like yeah we are friends and you guys it doesn't matter that we've only known each me. other yeah. two months but. We're, we're BFFs forever. I thought you were because, sisters. Uh, no. I know. <laughs> no, no I, it, it is refreshing. I thought you yeah, were, had so. already been friends when I saw you guys at Rise. No. I, I didn't no. realize you guys no, just was, met. Oh, it was wow. the admiration. It was the, it was the Gloria Morris Admiration Society that cool. I had developed inside my head. It was kind of spilling out everywhere. And oh, um, yeah, so it's fantastic. And Miss Gloria, bringing up to today, you also still continue to work in marketing, right? Well, I worked in technology for many years. Um, I'm back in a, a, at a marketing tech startup, but um, mm. going back a little bit more in my history, I mean, I'm really rooted in hospitality, in analytics of hospitality. So that's where, you know, the float center and the technology and the marketing kind of all collided. Mm. So although it looks like this business is something that's completely new, mm. it's really a culmination of my entire life, right? <laughs> so it's it's everything I've taught other businesses that they should be doing, like looking at their their analytics when they're yeah. they're marketing and you know applying technology to make things efficient. It's it's really a culmination of all of that. But yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm putting myself to the test, that is for sure. It's beautiful. I want to yeah. get more to that a little bit later. First I want to hear more about your story about uh, I, I'd love to hear just the the progress from float number one to, to float center number one. Oh my gosh. I, I look back at it now and think who was the crazy ass person who did that? Like how, how did this happen? Right. Was it a naive um, person? Is that what you're saying? Cause <laughs> you know what? It, it definitely was not, I don't look back at it and doubt that it was the right thing to mm -hmm. do, but it was just, it happened so fast and mm -hmm. so intensely that it was a blur. Right. And if I would have really stopped at any point to process, <laughs> I probably would have freaked myself out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that happens to a lot of us. You know, we have yes. the inertia of starting and then you're totally. in it and then you're pot committed. Um, yep. Kind of like, you know, the trials and tribulations of second location. We could talk about that later, Amy. Um, yes, ma'am. It You just get wrapped up in the inertia of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, Dylan, going back to you know, what happened after that initial research, I, um, I was definitely convinced that this business was so needed for myself that, you know, I knew I represented other people very well. I represent somebody who's just corporate America, stressed out, <laughs> overtaxed, like crazy mom of teenagers, <laughs> You know, just doing doing it all, constantly mm. connected. And I knew that people needed this. So that's where my real 
drive was coming from. I knew that if this helped me after one float, that it needed to be shared in such a way that made it attainable for people. Because, you know, unlike a lot of people who are in this business, I was never one that could really meditate or find ways to balance my technology side mm. and my crazy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, never in an unhealthy way, but just, you know, people who know me just know I've been going, going, going. In fact, my nickname was Go-Go growing up. Is so, that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. literally. So, you know, <laughs> having me locked up in a tank is, is very ironic. I'm amazed um, that your, your now husband even got you in one. That, yeah, well, that, I'm very kind of adventurous. Amazing. Yeah, cool. I'm very adventurous. So, cool. I mean, that was not necessarily the feat. The fact that he marketed the way that he did and I still got <laughs> in was the bigger question. But, um, but yeah, it, it was the, the nine months. And I do say it was like having a baby because literally we opened the doors in the city of Chicago nine months from the date of my first float. Um, it really was epic. Nothing wow. short of epic. Dude. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's a funny story because it kind of came together because I lived in this area of Chicago that is kind of tucked away. Um, a lot of people don't know it's there. And there was this grocery store. It was, it's called Mariano's for those from the Chicago area. They'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There was a space next to the grocery store, and I've lived there for four years off and on. And every time I go past that space, that empty space, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there needs to be a business there. Hmm. And so that is really where the connection came in and why everything took off so fast. Because in my mind, I had the location. I knew it would service my crazy neighborhood. And that's what, where it started. I mean, I, I was so freaking focused on this space. And guess what? I'm not in that space. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it didn't work out. So, uh, that's so yeah. funny. That is yeah, so it funny. Was, <laughs> it was devastating, though, because, um, mm. you know, I was so on track and I was so, uh, you know, focused on that location mm -hmm. that when it fell through because uh, the landlord didn't want me up on a second floor, which now I understand why. Um, <laughs> I literally jumped on one of those city bikes. I don't know if you guys have these in your city, but the bikes you can rent. We have yeah. blue bikes, the Divi bikes. When that space fell through, I jumped on that bike and I pedaled up and down the streets of Chicago looking for my location oh. in tears. I'll never forget. Oh, it. oh no. It was the summer of 20, 2015. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, I, I was like, holy shit, my, my location's gone. This is over. You know, I was almost yeah. defeated after this two month of romanticized right. <laughs> business location and uh yeah but oh, that is quite the visual <laughs> yeah it was I was literally in tears on that freaking bike and it was a summer day and I was taking pictures from random places that I thought I would call about and uh what the yeah. hell though can I just say yeah. like can't you just spend a little bit of time sobbing into a pillow on the couch? You you find out no, and your answer to that is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry into a pillow on the couch while I'm looking for a location? What the hell, yeah. Gloria? I know, I know. I wish that I had video of that crazy woman on the bike. It was probably like the Wicked Witch of the West, you know? My hair was, my hair was probably frizzy because it was hot in Chicago that day. I was crying. I, I probably just looked completely distraught. But yeah, the craziest so part of, of it and I'll never forget it. I called this I was so focused on that first location I didn't even have a broker, right? I called mm -hmm. the freaking landlord myself. That's oh my how gosh. 
you know, green I was, but right. <laughs> I ended up calling a broker randomly from some location that I passed on that bike and he started bothering me. Um, the location that I wanted that I saw, uh, wasn't available. He's like, well, we, I can take you to this location or we've got one over here. And he just kept calling me every day. And finally I stopped answering his calls. I just kept looking on my own. And one day he blew up my phone. It was a Friday and I had conference calls because, of course, I was still working at this time. Sure. And I was ready to rip this guy apart. (laughs) I'm telling you, I was like, when I pick up this phone, I'm going to lose it on this dude. And uh, he picks up and he's like, don't hang up. I know you hate me, but I've got your (laughs) location. And I'm like, this better be better be good because, you know, I don't know why, but you've called me 10 times. So he's like, you've got to come see this place today. I've already talked to the landlord, told him what you do, what you want to do. He he wants to see you. So I go down and lo and behold, that's the spot I'm in in River North right now. So nice. now that guy's wow. like my best friend, even uh. though he still drives me batshit crazy. And he knows this, by the way. So, that's yeah. So, so that's uh. the that's the background. Uh, and. And how was it? Was it better than what you had envisioned? Was it? Did it meet all your requirements? At the time, did you know? I didn't know the answer was yes because I was still a little heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But clearly, hmm. the location was much better than the first one that I had my eyes on. The space was bigger, but uh, I had no idea what was about to go down. You know, yeah. and that takes you to the construction phase, which I don't know if you want to talk about or not, but. Well, Oh, yeah. Whatever you want to talk about, I'll let you ask me questions. Can I, am I the only one who, whenever I hear somebody talking about their locations and them falling through, just hears like relationship stories? It it just sounds like dating when I hear that. It was the perfect, he was perfect. It was exactly right. It didn't work out. I was crying, but then I met this other one. I didn't know it was right at the time, but it's, it's worked out since then. And we're so in love. It's the perfect spot. That I just, it's great it seems, analogy. And, and don't, there's awesome. plenty of fish, right? Like, don't think that's the, that's Mr. <laughs> or Mrs. Right, you know? Like, keep, keep looking. If that falls through, there's plenty of fish in the sea. And let me say that, you know, getting on the bicycle, crying, driving around the city, first of all, is just an, ama- is an amazing, it's an amazing picture in my mind. Um, but I'll tell you, it's great. You were motivated. You did it on your own. We have had this happen to us. Um, We've been looking on and off here for for places, and we've fallen in love and gotten turned down and fallen in love and gotten turned down. But every single time where I have been in tears, Mark, my business partner, is like, come on, get in the car. We're going to go driving. We're just going to go and drive, and we're going to look. I love him. (laughs) I do, too. He's such a good guy. He does not let me. Does not let me feel sorry for myself for long. That's awesome. Um, And it's the best best thing ever. So I think that is... That is the perfect, it shows resilience. It's what we need mm. in this business. I think it's beautiful. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a lot of resilience. So yeah, my River North location, I think I got the acceptance on the lease the day of the float, the float conference. And that was my first conference, right? Because oh. uh, the part right. I skipped is, you know, finding the float on guys who, you know, I just have to give a shout out to nice. all the things they do. Um, can and, can and you? That, Describe a few of the things that was helpful for you. A- absolutely. So, yeah, the timeline was first float in April, started the company in May, like on paper, formed the corp. Mm-hmm. And uh, in June, June 1st, I was in the apprentice program in Portland. 
because Pat Barrett, Pat Barrett, like totally hound dogged me on the phone and was like this epic salesperson and <laughs> said, yeah, you got to go to this. I'm like, what? So yeah, I ended up going out to Portland to the apprentice program. And I've got to tell this story real quick. Please. And Ashcon's already heard it now. So sorry, Ashcon, I got to tell it again. <laughs> so I, t- I told you, I come from the men's clothing business. Like my grandfather's a tailor. And so I've been used to just impeccable clothing and style and business, right? And I go to Portland and I go to float on the night before the apprentice program. And I go into, I don't know what room number it was, but you know, I'm checking out their place and I'm like, Oh, this place must be top notch because these guys are putting this apprentice program on. I go in this room and there's freaking duct tape on the door of the tank. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm, I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I, I'm like, okay, that could be just you got conned. Yeah, I'm thinking that. I'm like, who are these dudes, right? And so the next day, go to the freaking little house on uh, Hawthorne there, and I get in there, and you know we're in this conference room, and Ashcon comes in, and he's wearing this shirt that looks like he dipped it in water twisted it into a knot in a ball, you know, tied it up and let it dry and then put it back on. And I'm like, who is this guy? Are you kidding me right now? So, but you know, the story is within like 10 minutes, I fell in love with both, both of them, you know, in the whole team. And they're so smart and they're Mm. so, and by the way, Ashcon is clearly improved with his fashion now he he's he's he definitely got the message i tease him about this right um they're so smart they're so helpful they're so collaborative i mean it just reinforced every idea i had about this business and uh i can't say enough good things about them um had already written my business plan but i still bought their business plan um (laughs) just for the industry metrics because i i am all about the numbers and the analytics Mm -hmm. So I wanted to see what was in there that I couldn't have done in all my business planning, right? Because I just didn't have the experience in the industry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, definitely worth that. Yes, I'm a testimonial. No, they don't pay me to tell people how great they are. (laughs) But they're great. They're great. And I love Helm, too. So there you have it. There there you go, guys. You're welcome. Wow. Well, I I won't be doing my spot for them tonight. I was going to say, you just saved Dylan some work tonight. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. The next time you guys talk about Helm, I'll definitely be a a good person to have on because I've pushed those guys to the limits. I'm sure I drive them crazy with my requests, my crazy requests, especially for analytics, Amy. Yes, I love it so much. And that was, it's funny, I remember talking to Graham um, just about, oh gosh, it was last, the WAHC conference. I don't know. It was not not that long ago. And Graham did take the time to tell me about all the different reports. And and Graham is is big on numbers as well. So um, I felt really good about that. Yeah, no doubt. They're they're doing great things. Love that. They're just very responsive. Just can't say enough good things about them. Nice. Very good, so guys. And of, yes. Did the rest of the apprenticeship go smoothly then? Oh, <laughs> right. You should clear that up. <laughs> that point, just making yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Well. well, you know, they definitely try to scare the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they do. And they do a good job. I mean, I, I don't know what their conversion rate is for attendees to float center owners. Mm. I'd be interested in that metric. Um, I know one person in my apprentice, 
program happened to be in St. Louis as well. She's opening two centers there, uh, Michael Rush. But, oh, nice. and then I think, uh, there's one other person who, uh, opened one, but yeah, it went very well. Uh, but I think it's, it's good. It's reality. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's very important. I think for people to understand the complexities of the business before they mm-hmm. dive yes. into this crazy ass mm-hmm. business. It's, not, it's very difficult to explain to people the difficulties of it. it. You can't, yeah. right? And so there is something to physically being there and just kind of going, oh, oh, like literally like seeing it actually go on and go, oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah, or, you don't know what you don't know. And this is why there's That's duct right. tape on a door. <laughs> got it. Yeah. I see. Yeah, if, <laughs> this could be me. And just, I should say that they were, thank God, they were the process of replacing that tank, redoing the floor. Um, and that was kind of the outlier. And the reason why I had that mm. tank is because I got in at the last minute. So they, <laughs> they fixed the duct tape. It was a temporary issue. But, you know, that's the great thing about those guys. They're just so real. They share all their mm-hmm. dirty laundry, nice. uh, literally. Yeah. And what I think of also just because during the float conference, we have so many people come through our float center is like, this is us warts and all. And you can be successful with a duct tape door and you could be successful with a cracked tile on your floor. Like it, it, these aren't deal breakers. And if, and if we can be, well, I, I won't say them. If the float shop can be this crappy quote unquote, you can be a huge, crazy success. Like you can be amazing. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. pick it apart. So I know you talked about construction and uh, brought that up. I would love to actually, and maybe later we can jump back to that, but just with your work history and where your brain goes, I would love to just tackle a little bit, a little bit more of um, the, the marketing that you do, the kind of metrics that you take. And I would also like to let maybe... I don't know if Lance wants to ask you specifically or not, but just the idea of running a business from outside of the business, because that is something that has come up so many times on the show is be there in your business. It's extremely important to be there in your business. Um, and I'm curious what you've got and maybe these metrics. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to just take you know any words out of your mouth here, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are in running the business from outside of the shop. Maybe we could start there. <laughs> yeah. So from very early on, um, I, I think I'm different because I hear so many stories about people who kind of wanted to get away from what they were doing mm. and, you know, trying to find a way to kind of walk away from other businesses they'd been involved in to go right. full time in the float industry. And I looked at it as something completely different. I happen to love what I do and it was very difficult for me to walk away from that business. I, in fact, worked for the same company for 10 years uh, when I discovered floating. And I didn't know that I was going to leave, but I knew that this business deserved and demanded full-time attention Mm. for at least a short period of time until I found the right people to represent my business. Mm -hmm. And so that was never something that was by accident. That was all by design. Um, So I ended up resigning from my job. And I think I may have mentioned this to you guys I was at a freaking Tony Robbins conference, uh, which I'd never been to before. And I think I heard you guys talk about this before. Like some of it is just over the top, right? I mean, it's just (laughs) unbelievable. But, you know, I was sucked in um, to part of it 
and you know you find different threads you don't necessarily have to agree with the approach but there's some good messaging in there mm -hmm. and I uh, left that conference and you don't get breaks at those by the way have you guys actually attended one like live well did you say you yes I mean it was live but it sounds like it was different than like um, the I'm not your guru documentary where it's like this intensive course this was different than that there were there were breaks and there were lots of other speakers and that's what made it cheap for me was yeah. like these people who clearly paid to have an hour of your of my time that yeah. drove me bananas and yeah no this this was definitely in like the most intense thing I've ever been to in my wow. life it was like, <laughs> bizarre um, okay. but I, you know going back to the you know detaching from my job I loved what I did and it was my absolute mission to find the right people who could take my vision with Float 60 and execute on it from the very beginning. I knew that I was not going to be there to execute on this by myself. It takes a village to execute on what my expectations were in terms of this business. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, once I found a couple of key people, it was just two in the beginning, um, and one is still with me, the other one has uh, moved on to another role, but uh, Lisa, who you'll meet at the Float Conference, is... Nice so important to my business and um, finding her, you know, is, is very special. And you have to find somebody who has the same level of passion that you do. If you're going to take this approach and manage it from a different level, you have to find people who absolutely understand the passion that you have and have their own passion too. Mm -hmm. And so when I found her, I, I knew she was the one. It also sounds like a crazy dating story, <laughs> but I met her at a bar. Um, <laughs> no, nice. We were actually introduced. It was a blind date. Um, <laughs> met her in a bar <laughs> to interview her, and I just knew it. We had the same service standards, very customer oh, service centric. Okay. Um, she comes from the spa industry, beauty industry, which I have no experience in, but she, she just had that client care aspect to her that I, you know, immediately gravitated towards. And she's a hard worker. Um, so she really is the person who runs. Um, she's the director of operations for Float 60. And she'll, you know, eventually, uh, when the other two locations open, she'll bounce between the three. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, then I have another manager, Sean, who you may have met last year. And I know he's a big listener of the po podcast. He's our, uh, our manager and he takes on a lot of the responsibility with facilitating maintenance and um, managing scheduling and does just a fantastic job. My staff is, I, I just, I wish everybody could see my face right now because uh, you could see my, my love and just yeah. gratitude that I can have this business still do what I do in the technology industry. And, uh, you know, it runs, it runs and it runs well. That is a good feeling. That It's amazing. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard. I, I feel like if I'm going to take credit for anything, it's knowing how to put a team together. And I'm very proud. Like that's my proudest moment. It's not like cool. what float 60 looks like. It's like the team is nice. freaking awesome. Huh. Yeah. Very I think cool. that's pr probably one of the hardest things to do is find a good team. Can you give us any tips or uh, or how you, what your process is for finding these amazing people? And yeah, what do you do to incentivize them to take ownership and to take mm -hmm. treat it like it's theirs versus 
um, you know. Yeah, great question. So again, being a culmination of my life experience, I've, I've worked at world-class service organizations and I've taken pages out of the books out of each of those. Uh, I've worked for Disney. I've worked for the Peabody Hotels. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but um, other, other hotel chains. And the training that I had was really how I kind of facilitated the process of hiring, uh, recruiting and hiring, and then, you know, training is an ongoing challenge, but something that we're, we're working on. Um, as far as recruiting, Amy, how do I find these people? I plucked a lot of people from the university that I went to, because in the middle of this, I actually went back to school and finished school. I was just finishing school when I discovered floating. Um, I know. It's, it's because I know, because starting a business and, and working full time just is not enough for you. I don't, I don't and get I it. You've got to fill the downtime or else <laughs> you, you just feel empty. Yeah, absolutely. I know. It's, like I said, I look back at it and think who, that's crazy, right? But yeah, it's Gloria, inertia. it's, it's <laughs> inertia. amazing. It's, it's, it was inertia, <laughs> but I went to DePaul University and that's, um, right in Chicago. So I pluck a lot of, uh, I say pluck, but I, I recruit a lot of sure. great people from uh, the university there and a lot of referrals, you know, some people, not everybody's worked out, but a lot of people who I've, I've had have been referrals. Uh, the other major thing, and I know most of this, of us do this, people have to float and they have to have a reaction to floating so anytime we're interviewing people, we have them float for free and we let them contact us back if they're still interested. We never offer a job without getting this cycle of them trying floating and then uh, coming back to us with some response. And so we, we kind of gauge their passion based on their reaction to that first float. And um, for the most part, that's worked well as the gauge Lance, if that, if that answers your question. Um, but it's, it's a struggle. You know, this business is tough on people. We also scare people to death with the level of cleaning that needs to be done. So we, I, I think in the interview process, we mention how hard it is and how salt is your frenemy like a thousand times to really freak them out completely. Um, just to make sure they know what they're getting themselves into. Nobody can cool. ever say, you didn't tell us we were going to be you know, full-time cleaning people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, it's, it's just part of the process, but yeah, it's, it's difficult. And I personally try to find people who complement each other. Um, I think hmm. that's the biggest challenge in assembling a team is you don't want a bunch of people the same. Oh. I certainly would never hire somebody like me um, I want to find people who complement. So like in the case of Lisa, she was very different from me, but with the same values, different in the mm. sense that she would be, you know, operationalizing and executing on our operational plan um, where I, I wanted to be more strategic. Um, then we have people who are passionate about different things and we try to incorporate their passion. And I think you've said this before, Amy, um, you know, try to figure out what makes them tick and put it into their job and then you're going to have like happy employees. So I really try to do that. And unfortunately you can't do it as often as you'd like because you you have to run the business. Um, But I really try to do that. So our our team is just, 
have I told you guys that I really like my team? <laughs> I can tell. There's a lot of love. That's a beautiful thing. It really is. Yeah. It's incredibly valuable. So, yep. so I don't know if they answer your questions or not, but. Lance, yes. Do you feel satisfied with that? Do you have any follow-up? Yeah, no. I think that's great. And and so are there any bonuses, any financial incentives, or is it strictly on the passion oh. of the float? Yeah. Sorry, Lance. I forgot to answer that part of your question. So, um. We've tried different incentive programs, but I think going to your question about ownership, um, one of the things that is super important to me is the customer service aspect. Anybody who's worked with me in the past knows that I'm psycho about service. I mean, it's nice. we're fanatical, um, and I was just raised that way. You know, with Disney in your DNA, you can't not be. So I'm super tuned in to the voice of the customer. And I try to get everybody empowered to anticipate the voice of the customer, good, bad, indifferent. So everybody has absolute ownership with their customer experience. When a customer comes in, if they think for one second that that float wasn't something we should be proud of, they should proactively offer a you know float for the next time. Not necessarily give them their money back, but right. give them a reason to come back and you know, not necessarily apologize. It depends on the circumstance, but I try to empower everybody where they'll, they'll never get in trouble for mm -hmm. giving away a float. If there was a service, we call it a service recovery. Um, and we track it, right? So from the, the tracking aspect, super important for us to understand why these are being issued so that we know like 60% of them are for, you know, the music didn't go off or, you know, <laughs> right. they, they, whatever the case is, right. There's, there's a myriad of things that it could be, but yeah. So that's my way of analyzing the problem. So as, as soon as the service recovery comp is given, I am seeing this because I do log on 500 times a day, maybe 600 and I'm constantly watching. Right. So if oh, there's no. not an explanation, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that, I'm that person. Yeah. But there's not an explanation. I am on the phone. I'm texting. Like, what the hell happened with this person? You know, not because I want to know who gave that comp and why. I want to know what was the problem. You know, mm -hmm. and so it's it's just in our culture, right? They all know. Yeah. So what about yeah. things like building maintenance or equipment maintenance? You said you have someone that overlooks that, but I know as as the owner standpoint with me, I've noticed things during the day where it's like. Oh, I don't want to fix that, but I have to stay late tonight and I have mm. to get that done. And it's two in the morning and you're fixing a leak. Um, do you have any, do your employees do that or how do things like that handled? And uh, yeah. another thing is who makes the calls when things need to be repaired or tanks need to be shut down or, or things like that? Yeah, good question. Yeah, so it's a very collaborative process. We use the tasks in Helm, like really to the extreme. Um, I'm not sure who else uses TAS, but basically we have different projects set up for maintenance. And by each room, we know that there's certain proactive maintenance that needs to be done. So we have a deep clean day. Um, usually we block it off every, every week and a half, sometimes every week, um, just to do the proactive maintenance stuff. If there's something uh, that's going wrong, like for example, we've been having problems with our air conditioning. Um, and it's usually due to something that is not in our space. It's in a shared space. So mm. 
they have to let me know. I call the landlord. Um, I call my GC. I call, you know, anybody that needs to be uh, informed to get all hands on deck to fix the problem. But we we really, other than, I don't know if you guys saw my post from last night, but we had uh, hair dye in the tank. And yes. it was our first time out of 12,000 floats that this happened, <laughs> which I consider very lucky, by yeah. the way. Well um, you know, usually there's a cadence and, you know, everybody lets each other know we, we use the log book. We, we all know what's going on at any given time. Um, but yeah, I'm the one who's going to call to get somebody to fix it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the routine, but everybody's involved with deep clean and everybody has tasks. Uh, as far as the maintenance concerned, Sean kind of heads that up. Um, but, but, you know, him and Lisa, in fact, at the float conference, they're going to be doing a little float Olympics activity where they're going to be changing out a motor and oh, cleaning funny. a filter and, you know, kind of making some fun <laughs> of the, the, the mundane, horrible things we have to do on a regular basis, like That's cleaning great. hair out of drains. Can you, yeah. when you're done with that, uh, <laughs> can you then have to give an intro while you're, 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 <laughs> You've got yes, the glow sweating. on your forehead. You're patting yeah. your forehead down <laughs> while you're out of breath. Yeah. yeah. So this relaxed environment is designed. To... <laughs> I, I think that actually might be part of the, uh, the drill, but it's, it's so true, right? So the, the one thing I'd say is, you know, a negative about not being able to be there every day is, you know, I get such, as a float center owner, you guys being there um, so often, you you live it and you hear the customers every day. Like I just ache to hear mm. customers talk. Mm -hmm. So when I come in, my staff usually freaks out a little bit because, you know, we don't want to ask people how their float was. And I'm like the guilty one because I want to know, like, how so are they going? Funny. That's so, so funny. <laughs> so I'll come, like, I'll float and, which I don't get to do, gosh, as nearly as much as I would like to. But I'll float and I'll go sit in our tea room as a customer and I'll be like, so how was your float? You know, just like kind of being oh, on the cognito. I used to do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done that in a while. That's a good uh, yeah. one. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I miss that. And that, I know it brings me back to why we're here when I do get the interactions with customers. I answer all the email and I do all the social media and all the marketing. So I'm in it from that aspect. But being there with the customer face to face, you know, my, my staff's the one that, you know, is doing that 99% of the time. Gloria, I'm curious, um, what kind of fail safes do you have in place if you were to sort of, I know you're working another job, you're sort of committed to other things. Um, what happens if you lose one of your key players, whether it's through sickness or family problems, or they just decide to move on to something else? I know it's the, inev we, we don't want to think like that, but um, what happens if you lose someone like that, and how how would you react to that? So this is something I think about on a daily basis, right? Because I want people who have other opportunities to find, you know, ways to execute on them. I know that, you know, there may be a day where uh, Sean and Lisa have other ideas and, you know, may want to move on. And I work really hard to get them to think about things in process and, you know, ha have a plan that people can execute on. So you depend less on the action figure than you do on the process. And 
you know, as devastating as it would be to lose anybody on your team, um, if you have the core process in place, which I feel like we do for the most part, um, we'll be able to function as a business. We'll have holes to fill, but we won't break down. We won't stop operating, right? And I think that's part of why I designed the business this way. The business should never depend on Gloria to be there because I could be called away. I, you know, could be on a plane the next day. And so I didn't want to put my business in the position to, to be that way. Um, so I really be focused a lot on the process. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. And there are going to be times where, you know, we're going to have a crisis and I'm going to have to pivot into a different direction. But we haven't had to do that yet. It's been 15 months. Um, I know it's always there. But, um, you know, I'm plugged in enough to where I can always come in and screw some things up really well uh, in their absence. <laughs> um, you know, they just, they're, they're there. They're better than me at it, right? So they don't let me clean and, and do things because I will not do a good job. I'm, I'm good at, I know what I'm good at and it's not, you know, them depending on me to be there. So... I think one of the most valuable things that one can know as a business owner is what their is what their genius work is and what it isn't. Hmm. And as soon as you have the opportunity, some of us have uh, the opportunity to do this earlier, some of us later. But as soon as you can, get rid of those things that you're not great at. Find those key people and and get them get them going. Don't waste the time on it. I think that's such an important thing that a lot of us, especially in the small. Um, individual owned centers do that we probably shouldn't. I, I say this a lot, or I used to anyway, we didn't hire anyone for probably eight months. It was Mark and I for eight freaking months. Biggest mistake ever. I can't do all that. That's I'm a long time. That's not good yeah. for business. Um, so what I'm seeing, yeah, I know it isn't. And what I'm hearing from you, Gloria, is, you know, you're not making that mistake. You're really, you understand yourself, you understand mm. your strengths mm. and you are putting it in the hands of capable people. And wow, what a difference that makes as a as a business. And I think it not only affects the uh, the staff, but it also affects the experience of the floaters. It just flows all the way through. Yeah, everybody, there's a book. Um, I, I, in my free time, I read a lot of these dumb business books, right? I, I'm really trying to find the first romance novel that really sucks me in. I tried <laughs> to read something other than one of these, these books, but that book, Strength, Strength Finders, is mm -hmm. uh, exactly what you described. It's, you know, don't focus on things that you're not good at and try to raise your skills in those things because guess what? That's probably not what you enjoy. Focus on the things that you right. enjoy and that you're already good at and be really good at it and then find the other people right. who enjoy those other things because that's what they like to do. And then everybody's happier and mm -hmm. It just becomes this well-oiled machine, and I really feel that that is a value set. That's the way I went into the business, and it's because I've always been on larger teams, and it was never a, really a, a one-man show. Um, yeah. So I just don't know any other way, right? So. <laughs> That's good. It's it's uh, it serves you well for sure. Knock on and I'm wood. just going to say, you might want to try reading Outlander, great romance <laughs> novel that's also very uh, intellectual as well. And I just okay. think you might enjoy to, that. I'll have to try that. I Bored the hell good. out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, definitely, um, I definitely need some good leisure reading material. Uh, <laughs> 
I really, I, I would encourage you to read it. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's well reviewed. Uh, I can we talk about your <laughs> your analytics style and what you're looking at and how you're applying that um, your your style to the float industry? Yeah. So this is a little bit of a catch twenty two. Um, my focus on analytics could be a very bad thing um, because I do try to measure everything. And in this business, it's very difficult to measure some of the successes. And that was driving me a little bit crazy um, in the very beginning when I was starting to try to understand the customer experience and understand how you talk to a customer. It's not scripted. It's not um, something you can put a number behind as easily as other things, right? So. I've become less analytical driven in terms of the customer experience, mm. but certainly from a business standpoint, you know, I'm always analyzing numbers. Like I said, I am on float helm 500 times a day and I'm looking at things like, you know, the number of reservations to the no show factor. I'm looking at um, the number of first time customers to second time customers. I'm looking at conversions of Groupons to first time floats to packages. Um, so I'm always kind of looking at that from a, a customer metric standpoint. There's a lot of good stuff out there. But as far as the operation is concerned, you know, we're, we're very task-driven. So we like to, you know, look at people's productivity. We like to look at, you know, what people are doing to stay ahead of maintenance issues. Mm. Um yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of from an operational standpoint. But the marketing side is a whole different animal. We could probably spend two days on that. Um, well, uh, let's get started. <laughs> let's get started. I, I would Buckle be... Up, but it's going to be a long night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, uh, this might just be, you know, barely scratching the surface of the topic. But I think, I mean, marketing is something that um, our industry... F- isn't great at, uh, historically. And in, in my, my opinion, and, um, is at least, uh, craving more knowledge on how to market better. And I'm curious what kind of insights you have. And I know you were talking about your, your staff, but I'd be really curious. I mean, what do you, when you see, um, a particular connect through rate from Groupon, or you see, um, how many people are, are only floating once or what have you, you know, what are your first instincts, uh, based off of those numbers? I mean, of course, it's not going to be the same for every situation, but I'd love to hear yeah. maybe a few one-offs or just a general mental strategy. Yeah, so because we've only been open 15 months, we haven't really gone through a whole cycle of understanding how we flow in Chicago. Hmm. And because I am in such an urban location uh, with such a high population, I think the hmm. way we market is going to be much different than the way someone else markets in the sure. suburbs, right? Sure. So it's it's very niche in that regard. And I look at my float center in River North and my second one will be across from Grant Park. Um, that's going to be a, a very transient area all the time. We're always going to have a large percentage of zero, vis- you know, zero time visitors, first time floaters. Right. And so we have to market differently. And that's why we do embrace the Groupon um, in our city. Plus, we don't have other float centers. So I might not Hmm. be as aggressive on Groupon if we had other float centers. Um, 
it just works in our city because we need exposure. We need those mm -hmm. first time floats and it, it's very important for us. Now, what's interesting is I didn't push memberships the first few months, uh, actually the first year, because, you know, in my mind, customers really don't know floating here. They, they think 60 minutes is too long. You know, they don't, <laughs> right. they don't understand it yet. So for me mm -hmm. to start putting my staff's energy on converting a first time floater to a member is not, well, I, I don't think that's a good spend of your energy. So right. we focused a lot on packages uh, the first oh, time, trying to get people to come the first three times and mm -hmm. then, you know, focus on the conversion to members. But we really didn't focus on memberships at all up until maybe three months ago. And um, now that's becoming much more of a focus because we do have a lot more people who have been with us. In fact, we've got one guy who's about to hit his 100th float with us and we've only been open 15 months so wow. yeah so you've got those extremes and you have to market to those people very differently so <laughs> yeah, sure everything i know about marketing um couldn't be applied because our business is in this education phase mm -hmm. right so i've had to kind of modify what i think i would have done if we were a spa or a gym or you know a wellness center just because we are so new and in, in niche right interesting so yeah so it's it's evolving i think to answer your question it's it's constantly changing and, and, and adapting I'm, did i did i miss it did you have you implemented the membership portion or are you still focusing on packages yes we started focusing on memberships right around the first of the year so we were open a year february and just <laughs> to kind of test out the waters we started we went through that whole exercise of I had these, you know, this service card with the four different memberships and mm. you know, the two, the, the four, the six or two, four and eight. And we had all these add ons and it was just so complicated. <laughs> and my staff was like, yeah. you can't even expect them to sell it. So we right. changed it. We went to a charter membership. We do a $60 a month membership for one float. And um, our goal is to get to 160 members, uh, you know. Some, somewhere in the next three to six months, and we're at 72, I think, as of today. I, I didn't check a lot going on today, so I didn't check the numbers. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, Thank we, you for the apology. Yeah. I was expecting that apology, yes. <laughs> yeah, wow. we, we're, you know, now that we're focused on it, but it's definitely true when you get people focused on something, you get results. Mm. So we focus on package. We go back to Lance's mm. question. We had an incentive at one point about packaging packages and it was just wildly successful because my staff was incented to do this as a team like I don't like individual incentives so we had a team incentive oh interesting and uh yeah we definitely don't want people working against each other so uh -huh. we had this big staff um staff effort and it was successful right so now we're kind of focused on that as a membership so oh, very interesting yeah. uh, just to uh we're, we've just recently launched launched a membership, so I'm sorry if I'm going to go too too deep into this one. But as far as those incentives go, do they uh, get a recurring kickback from membership, or is it for every time you sign somebody up, they get a kickback, or is it simply everybody focusing on this and trying to reach numbers? Yeah, with our membership, we really can't afford to give a kickback. Um, <laughs> it's it's just not financially viable to do that. Yeah. So uh, we 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 didn't. And, you know, right now we're kind of working towards the goal of getting 160 members. Mm -hmm. um, 
and there's a reason behind that number. I, I'd have to pull out my Excel spreadsheet to tell you exactly why I picked that number, but there was <laughs> math behind it. Cool. And uh, <laughs> we have an incentive as a group. We're going to do a big group outing. Um, cool. Nice. And so that's something that I think is also important for the staff. But yeah, we, we're not financially uh, incenting anybody for the membership. That's cool. I, I, I like that a lot, actually. My, I'm sure my employees are, would be upset to hear that, but I, especially when it comes to the float, I don't like the idea of somebody being sold on something for financial when somebody's gets, getting a kickback yeah, uh, yeah. or commission. There's a lot of research out there on, on that. We tried both, and it, it's oh, successful short, short, short term, but the membership side, I, I just it's, like I said, not financially viable. Got it. Um, yeah. More of this metric stuff. Uh, you know, do you, is it always just, um, this is what we're doing now, um, and this is how our floats are performing, whatever, whatever metric it is, should we tweak part A of how we're communicating it, or um, is it retention rates? I mean, if, if, do you say, yeah, this is great, this is our retention rate, we've been open 15 months, how do I even know if this is good or bad? I mean, how, how do you approach that as a new business? And just how do you analyze your numbers? And again, I know that's such a vague question, but I know yeah. that you're gonna have a great answer. <laughs> well, I, you know, something that I wasn't expecting to deal with, um, gosh, and this is a whole different topic, but when we first started, you know, a lot of people who wanna be in this business approached and thought that, you know, we were part of a bigger organization and asked if we, if we franchised or had partnerships. So I was getting a lot of questions coming at me that I didn't feel comfortable answering um, just because it's only me right now. I don't have partners in this and people wanted to know a lot about the business. So I started doing a lot of analytics on what the business model should be, right? And what our growth model should be. So I started analyzing things like the, the lifetime value of our customer and the customer acquisition cost. And boy, that was really eye-opening data. Cool. Um, just taking everything and kind of understanding how to get a customer in the door and how much that costs in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, again, could be completely different. It should be completely different than it would be in my Indiana location. But those are the type of metrics I've been wrapping my head around over the last year to understand what the business scale looks like. What does it look like when you scale the model? Got it. Very so, interesting. I don't know if and that answers your question, but it, it has been quite the exercise. Very, <laughs> very much like um, just a condensed education for sure. Yeah. You know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you before we started was why want to open multiple locations and why so quickly? But now that I know your nickname is GoGo, -Go, maybe <laughs> I don't need to ask that question. Is there an answer beyond the obvious of you just love the hustle? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the obvious question is or answer is we're just freaking full. Um, huh. You know, they're Unfortunately, Spacetime hasn't opened back up, and we pray that they do. You know, we have a totally different clientele, but Chicago mm. is desperate for balance mm. and desperate for this type of service. I mean, you you guys have a perception of Chicago, I'm sure, and it's some of it's very true, right? <laughs> it's a it's a very high stress place, as huh. any large city is, and. Um, we're full. We're, we've been at capacity 
you know, other than our no-shows and, uh, you know, small people, percentage of people who cancel, sure. we are just booked. So we're doing wow. 35 floats a day and we need more tanks. Wow. So this kind of all started because we wanted to have an overflow for our first location. I never, you know, like thought it would happen this fast, um, but we, we need it. I mean, I can't float unless I come after hours, right? right. So it's, you know, now it's summer, so we're seeing a, a little bit more um, open up, but there's 3 million people in this city. And so anybody who's come up to me and said they want to open a place in Chicago, I'm like, come on down, come visit us. We'll, <laughs> nice. we'll show you what we do. We'll open our kimono. I mean, we want people to be successful um, because we want more people to float. You know, if 1% of the city of Chicago floated, I believe it would be a nicer place to live. Sure. <laughs> so it's great. Yeah. yeah. And then the third location, um, again, totally did not expect it to happen at the same time. Major delays with the second location, just kind of line them up. Um, and I'm from Northwest Indiana, so I really wanted to bring a float center to my home. <laughs> cool. And, uh, you know, it's not far. We're 45 minutes from the city. So a lot of people who live in Northwest Indiana, um, they go to the city to do unique things there's not a lot of offering around here. And mm -hmm. so the opportunity, you know, presented itself to get in here sooner than I expected. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going, 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 trying to get these two open, but delays and, you know, all that, it'll, it'll all work itself out. It's not as stressful as it sounds because we're not, you know, we've kind of been at the starting gate for a long time. It sounds like Amy, you've had a similar situation mm, and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, the time you say it's not as stressful, but I'm I'm curious about like finances for all this. It's pretty stressful starting <laughs> one location, let alone starting yes. a second and uh, doing this. Um, do you want to chime us in a bit on on financing of doing multiple locations so quick like this? Well, you act like yeah, I, you act like I know where I'm going to get the money, Lance. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess that's a big assumption. <laughs> no, but I would like to add to that if I could real quickly. Also, uh, could you explain? Because I get a lot of questions as well from people. Uh, how do you know when you're ready to grow to the next mm. location? What do you look for in the numbers? What do you look hmm. for in the feedback that you're getting from your from your books? And you know for a fact it's time to grow. Yeah. So in our, I, again, I think this question and answer is different based on the situation and sure. whether or not you have partners and whether you have investors mm -hmm. or not. Right. Um, for me, I, it was, it was putting, it was going all in and putting everything, including my daughter's uh, college education money that she just went away to out of state college that that money was pretty much used for float 60. So it was a big gamble. Um, you know, every dollar I, I've saved in my life was put towards this project I knew that it was time to grow when we were full, right? Um, it, we have been cash flow positive since two weeks from opening, which is freaking uh, amazing. But it's been um, just a combination of things that aligned the growth and the timing of the growth. I, I don't know, Amy, that I would say there's a trigger point that says this, if all things equal X, you do Y. I think it's a combination of things. And, you know, all joking aside, Lance, it is hard. The, um, the financing part is hard, especially if you're going to start supplementing. Like I had to supplement with SBA when I had champagne taste and beer money. 
um, I had to, you know, go through that process. And uh, now, you know, I've got a little bit of credibility hmm. because of our numbers and because of our, you know, a lot of our marketing too, I think has helped our cause with, you know, working with the bank that we're working with. They, they see our website and they're like, oh, you know, it looks like you're, you're doing well, but it's, <laughs> it's not easy. Right. And uh, there's a lot of creativity that goes on to find the right combination of levers to pull and when to pull them to know, you know, if you can move forward. But there's still a lot of unknowns and a lot of me just working with my GC to ratchet down numbers and, you know, kind of setting up a timeline that says, okay, we'll open with X tanks, maybe add another tank two months in, you know, a lot of levers. It's just not a straightforward uh, exercise, unfortunately. So I'm saving a lot of, you know, I'm reinvesting a lot of money back into the business, obviously. And, uh, you know, I do work full time in my other profession. So I'm able to kind of balance too. If I didn't work, I probably couldn't grow as fast as I'm growing. And that is something I think, uh, you know, we've talked about behind the scenes. You know, people are always surprised. I don't take a salary. I have not. We're going on four years. I can't take a salary. Um, I could take a salary. That's not true. Um, but fortunately, I have a husband who has sacrificed so much to allow me to do this. Because, like you said, if you want to grow, you got to keep putting it back in. you got to show that money. You've got to show that there's money in this. And it is a big sacrifice because when you – I know that I'm uh, – as we move forward, you know, we're, if you get to that point, one of the scary points is that that space between you have your first and your second and things can get shaky and things can go really south. So you want to always be so prepared yeah. for that, for that time. And it does, it just takes that sacrifice. And it, sometimes it takes working a job like Lance is doing. And I know you love your job. That's not really your, you're doing what you love. You're following your heart in that case. But um, but sometimes we got to do what we got to well, do. Well, it's, it's also because I love, you know, having the security of, in, you know, yeah. the benefits for my family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, I love my job, yes, but I also love the fact that I have that security. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, I would just say this, you know, when you are going through this process, if you are uh, going through financing and working with a bank, you, you definitely want to put a value on what you as the owner should be paid whether you pay yourself or not is another story but mm -hmm. when you go and you do your financial analysis on the health of your business you are working for free but on paper you really have a value right because you want to <laughs> understand exactly what it takes yes. to run your business so right. you know i just had a big discussion about this with my staff because we have some people who are uh, you know, not only do they work in the studio, but one day a week I've got special projects going on. So we've got one person actually hitting the streets and going to each business and trying to drum up uh, corporate business. And she's compensated for that outside of the studio, um, but still on the payroll. And I, you know, I can't stress enough the importance of documenting those hours and making sure you're quantifying the mm -hmm. hours that it takes to support those types of roles. So all the extra that we're doing, like, yeah, I'm up at three o'clock in the morning doing the social media. And that's true. That's when I do my social media, basically. That's, there has to be a quantifiable value to that when you're talking to a bank, because if not, you're not giving them true right. depiction. Because mm -hmm. if you drop off the mm -hmm. face of the earth, your float center still has to run. Right. Um, 
So right, somebody has to pick up that yeah, salary. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so <clears throat> one more question: <laughs> um, What are you doing to prevent burnout? Like you're someone who puts in <laughs> a lot of hours, and you're all over the place, and you sound just like I've spoke on the podcast in the last year and a half, where it's go, 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 doing this, doing mm-hmm. that, doing this. Do you fear burnout or do you, do you see it coming or what are you doing to prevent that? You say it's, it's hard for you to get in the float tank. It's hard for me to get in the float tank. Um, what are the things that you're doing? I, I think that's a, a very important thing for a business owner to think of. Um, we don't want to burn out, but um, sometimes when you give a little too much, um, you react to it. Yeah, Lance, I know. I know. It's uh. <laughs> I'm not good at this part. I mean, I'm not good at this part. I look at my whole life history and I see that my whole life I've kind of been this go, 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 go. I don't know when my candle's going to burn out at the other end. Um, It hasn't yet. Like, I have an incredible amount of energy that I expend every day and I, I feel very delighted to do it. I do get burned out at times, you know, you go from macro managing to micromanaging. That's kind of the ebb and flow. Um, the less I have to micromanage, the more my energy sustains. So it's, hmm. it's very tolerable for me because of my staff. If I didn't have my staff, I couldn't do it. Right. So, so is, is it the things that you're, you're at 11 all the time, you're, you're, you're go, go. But it's all things that you absolutely love and are passionate about and the things that just yes. kind of suck your energy you've delegated or is somebody else is passionate about on your team? Yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm very good at totally saying I suck at this or you suck at this. I'm good at that too. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I had one poor, poor girl and she is no longer with us and I wonder how I, uh. I, may, have, I may have broken her. But, you know, we, if we focus on what we love, you know, the chances of you burning out are just yeah, but slim. Un- but unfortunately, I'd love to focus on what I love, but unfortunately with the business, there comes a lot of shit I don't love. It takes a lot of energy out of me. <laughs> yeah. And it's those things that then I create a resistance to getting done and they pile up. And mm. next thing you know, you got all this workload. You need to fix some walls. You need to fix some floors. Employee called in sick. And mm. you got yeah. this coming up and like... I'd love to just focus on, on what I love. No, but you're, reality, you're absolutely right. In reality, <laughs> you know, there, there's things that I hate to do that I have to do. I mean, like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not like delegating everything I don't like. I like, mm-hmm. I hate doing payroll and I hate paying bills and I mm-hmm. you know hate dealing with contractors, but you know, it's part of the stuff that I, I hate. I think the balance, um, you know, and again, I've only been doing this combination mm-hmm. of things 15 months. So I could very well, you know, three months from now, completely self-combust. Um, but I do know when I need to float, like the time is like right now, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I tried to, I, I called and said, Hey, can, can I get in? And they're like, no. Um, <laughs> but I do know when it's time, like I know when I yeah. need to float. Um, it, it's just a matter of finding things that balance you. And I'm not, I'm not good at it, Lance. I'm not. Yeah. Well, so. I'm just speaking because I've, you know, <laughs> this is my first business. I've, I've worked a full-time job for a year and a half. I'm back at it now. And I went through all this and I feel like burnout's biting me a little hard at yeah. this point in yeah. my life. And, um, 
I didn't expect it. I was always someone, oh, I'm high energy. I can do it. Work mm. hours. Get yeah. up early. No yeah. problem. I worked oil field. Get up at four. Work 16-hour days. Nothing. Huh. But it's just the mental. It's a lot of the <laughs> mental. And then a lot of the responsibility. And there's not that. There's no break. That, yeah. That's no, throw that out the window. That's gone. You don't get a break. You think it's coming. It never comes. It's yeah. just not there. And that's where that's, that's why I'm asking is because I'm feeling some of these pressures and, and feeling some sort of, you know, mistakes I made two years ago are catching up to me now mm. and little things like that. And I'm just curious how other people are handling it and especially people with the same sort of drive and mentality as, as myself because uh, I, I didn't think I'd, you know, yeah. start to feel it. And yeah. it creeped up. We may, we may have to commiserate on this in about <laughs> three months because I do I, I do fear this, right? Like, mm. I know the notion, again, I look back at that crazy woman who did this in nine months, and I'm like, she's freaking nuts. <laughs> um, but when I stop and do realize that it's me and I'm perpetuating this, like, I bring more and more and more on, um, I do fear that breaking point. Um and this is kind of why I'm, I'm tempering myself a little bit with even some of the possibility of the things that we can do. Like I do get excited about things. Like we, we've introduced a lot of different things. Um, I'm, t- I'm always a tinkerer, so I have to be careful about that. And I've, I've had to stop myself and step back a little bit and say, okay, I'm, we're not ready for that yet. I want to do this, but I've got to stop and you know, focus mm-hmm. on just the processes again and just get grounded again before I get mm-hmm. too ahead of myself because it's definitely mm-hmm. a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next next month for us, July, is three years of business and four years of being incorporated. So I'm just at that mm-hmm. point where, yeah. you know, a lot's going on. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're getting those mistakes that we made in year one, year two, you know, business partners that's left, employees that's left, you yeah. know, we're catching up from things we didn't catch before. So yeah. it's... It weighs heavy, and I yeah. just, you know, for all those other people that are listening, starting out, like, you know, plan for these things. Plan to get tired. We're in the business yes. of relaxing and recovering and all this, but, you know, it just, never just turns off. For it. Take it never care turns of off. Yep. Rest, you know. Yeah, you have to have the wherewithal. <laughs> and, you know, I, I hope that a lot of these new people coming into the business understand that because I think the biggest thing I fear in this business is the wrong people coming in and not understanding the depth and then the service and the quality of those businesses impacting the industry. I think we can already see that on the rise. You look around throughout the community and there's more float centers for sale than I've ever seen. You know, there was a time where you wouldn't even, you couldn't find a float center for sale because there wasn't enough to exist. And <laughs> in this big four or five year growth of the industry, we've seen them rise. We've seen people say, hey, this isn't what I thought it was. Just the numbers aren't there. It's not hitting my community like I thought it was. And they're shutting down. They're yeah. selling their tanks. They're moving. Like, yeah. um, we're seeing it. We're seeing it happen. And um, I don't think, I think it's going to, it's it's going to be around and we're going to see more of that hmm. but we're going to see more people that are extremely successful you know major franchises multiple locations i think we're going to be seeing it all yeah yeah for sure which has its pluses and minuses for sure yeah yeah hmm. gloria is oh amy sorry go ahead i was gonna say i i think it's just the curse of an entrepreneur i mm-hmm. think um <laughs> we we all struggle with that and um 
it is hard to shut it off. I mean, mm. you know you're an entrepreneur when your entire life, when it's so easy to get wrapped up in that world and that um, I actually get irritated when someone pulls me out. It's like, I want to talk business. I don't want to, you know, it's, I, I don't have children. I don't have, um, I, I was going to say I don't have a life, but it's true. I was going <laughs> to pull that back, but it's really, it's, not, it's true. Um, because my entire life, my father was just in town for three days. And my father's an entrepreneur. And all we did, talked business for three days. I still don't know how my mom's, I, I, I mean, I kind of know how my mom's doing. But, you know, it's funny. The moment he got off that yeah. plane, oh, we're like so talking great. work, talking numbers, talking. Yeah. And this morning I put him back on the plate at 4.30. It's like, oh, crap. I forgot to, you know, give mom my love, blah, blah, Because, you know, he's like walking away and we're like, okay, check into this. this. But that's what we yeah, are. Yeah. And that's just who wired we, you that know, way. Everybody who's sitting here right now, that's just. Yeah. We're doing what we're meant to do, and it is that's that's just our that's going to be it's our, our our struggle. It's our, our it's our life. wiring for sure. But my daughter, she uh, she's home from school for the summer. She goes to business school at uh, Arizona, and she sat down yesterday and started talking about something. I'm like, Gina, you know that'd be something cool you could go into. And she's like, Mom, can we have one conversation without you talking about business or my job? And like. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You're right. It's just so in my DNA. Like I can't drive past a building and look at a vacant space and not think, huh, huh. somebody should put something there. Not necessarily me, but yeah. I'm just constantly thinking that way. It's just a sickness. Yeah. It, it's definitely yeah. a curse at some, at some my, point. But, uh, my father and I started a new business in the last three days, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. It happens. What? It's just a little something. I'll I'll talk about it in the later. Uh, so just we sort it out. You're not so this joking. This is what we do, wow. and it's like this is it is an illness. It's a sickness. It's, like who does that? Like I don't have enough on my plate. Have what it is my any problem? Other way. I love it. But it's true. But you do. You love it, and you can't help it. Yeah. And that's how every single one of us are here right now, and probably the huge majority of people listening. So you're not alone, y'all. I, you know, while that's true, there <laughs> there was also uh, the the point. Um, well, gosh, I, the burnout probably started before we even opened, but it was then having, because, <laughs> you know, I was an idiot and did all the construction um, instead of hiring out and opening earlier. But um, there was also the working there. I think I think we were open 10 hours a day instead of 12, but right, either way, you know, you're before you're there before opening. You're there till after closing every single day, day in, day out. And then even after we had uh, employees, we hired employees on and I could have time off. I was still in a bad way. I was in a really bad place. And, um, you know, this is like the, the worst time for Sanj and I's relationship as well. That's when, when everything got like super scary, uh, because I like, I couldn't feel things. It was crazy how dead I was at that point. Um, and just like not even unhappy, just nothing. I just had no juice. Uh, and there was no, like we had one or two employees. Like I was still there every single day. And like I would, since we lived right next door, I would escape for a few minutes at a time just to, like while somebody else was on shift to like just have downtime at home and that wasn't good for my employees. Then I looked like an asshole, you know, that I was going away for downtime. Like, why aren't you cleaning these rooms right now? Or why aren't you doing this or that or the other? It's like, I have nothing. I got nothing. I have nothing to offer and I just need downtime. But yeah. even those 15 minutes or even hour long breaks weren't enough to revive my batteries. You know, yeah. it took a long time and it was a process like, uh, like, like things were atrophied, like bringing muscles back. It was a, a process of bringing myself back to, um, 
and and I would say at least a year, if not two years worth of time before I felt like who I was again. And that was with, um, you know, learning how to delegate more, learning that I needed to, to have more employees, stuff like that before I felt like who I was again. I know that's not like great news <laughs> or anything, but uh, just with like everybody talking about how much they love business, I hated business for a while. I felt <laughs> trapped in it and it, it wasn't awesome for me at all. So um, I just, just wanted to sh share that. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know if it's commiserating or what, but I felt like I, I wanted to share it. Well, and just to wrap this part of the conversation up, I mean, mm -hmm. there are days that I have to shut down um, mm -hmm. just to catch up. You know, there's days where I don't talk to one human being and I'm blocked in, you know, my own room and I just need to decompress, right? And some mm -hmm. of your best reprocessing, your, your thinking goes on in those downtimes similar to being in a float tank. Um, so I, you know, can't float. I might decompress and just lock myself in the dark for a while because I have a migraine um, and I've been forced to slow down. But it's, you know, you definitely need to recharge your batteries in this business more often than any. Mm. Ironic. Yeah. Uh, ironic that it's hard to get into a float tank. <laughs> um, I think I think we're getting a little long on time here. I want to ask you, Gloria, is there anything else that you want to share to our audience before we sign off? Gosh, you know, there, there, I would just say there's so much information that I've learned in this podcast that hmm. you know, I'm honored to have been a guest and to contribute something. It's kind of surreal. Um, you know, just <laughs> like being at the rise was kind of surreal and speaking there, you know, nice. it's, I, I feel so young in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's so much that we don't know and so many experiences we haven't experienced. Uh, and so I, I would just say, use this as a resource, you know, use each other as resources and that crazy float collective where anything goes is another great resource to, you know, keep contributing, keep sharing, keep helping each other. Cause you know, we, we do a great job in this industry helping each other, and it will be very sad to see that uh, diminish in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. so. Wonderful. Gloria, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope to get you back on again because I feel like there's a lot more that we need to tease out of your brain and, <laughs> and learn for all of our businesses. So, and, and I'll also just be curious to learn more about what you discover opening multiple businesses and multiple businesses yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. And uh, we'll see you at the Float Conference as well. Everybody yes. can say hello to you. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. well, there's actually well, going to be a marketing uh, workshop the Friday before the conference, so uh, I'll be on that panel and would oh, love perfect. to see you guys uh, join us there. I hope I hope to be there. It's going to be a busy busy weekend, but um, yeah, I'll look forward to seeing you. And let's see here, before we sign off, I do want to let everybody know that uh, we are available for consulting. If anybody is interested in consulting, whether you go with somebody at Art of the Float or not, I don't even care. Get somebody who has opened a float center, get assistance with opening your float center because it's, uh, it as you've learned today, it's way more than you anticipate. And to have somebody with the knowledge of going through this is incredibly valuable. Um, having worked with multiple clients, I think it's it's gotten 
my skill set has gotten more refined for that. So I think there's a little bit of an advantage there, but man, get somebody who can, who can help you with that. Uh, also, if you are interested in supporting uh, us without spending a single penny, uh, you can always support us through our Amazon link, which is on artofthefloat.com on the recommended products page. And uh, so anything you ever purchase, if you bookmark that link, uh, just help send a tiny little percentage to us and uh, it adds up. We appreciate it. And we have a link in uh, for Canadians now as well. So you can even support Lance over there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, for any Canadians, if you use that link, we, we genuinely appreciate it. And well, let's see here. There's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week.